it could have been worse. It was, after all, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League last season. But the Sharks take them on, put up a decent fight. We'll break this one down and get into everything that's happened with the Sharks over the last 24 hours and didn't happen right now here on Teal Town After Dark. And we say good evening to you. It is October 19th, 2023. The Sharks lose 3-1 to to the Boston Bruins. And we welcome you to this edition of Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game. So if you want to chat with us, uh, you can in our super chat and hang out with uh, fellow Sharks fans all over the world and in Sharks territory. Of course, we encourage you to follow us on all the social medias, including that one that's kind of Twitter, kind of X, whatever. You know what the deal is. Find everything at TealTownUSA.com. And of course, if you want to support the pod, you can hit us up on the Venmo at TealTownUSA or check us out on the Super Chat. You can make a Super Chat donation in there. And with that, I say good evening to Ian Bloggs Hockey, or if you're in Europe, you can say hello. Hello. And with that, good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> the Sharks lost. <laughs> Can't get used to it, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't like what. What am I supposed to do here? The uh, the Sharks lost. Uh, Macklin Celebrini. Good night. All, all we need is for him to put it. To, put the Celebrini tankinis on, you know. Oh, boy. You know, it, it's it's a nice welcome change for what they, how this game turned out. I mean, it could have been another, you know, 50, 40 shot bloodbath, Ian. I mean, that, that's, that, I mean, let's uh, take some baby steps in, into that part. You know what? Overall, this is probably the best game they've played so far. Um... And maybe it's just because like they weren't blown up. But like you said, I think, you know, if you look at some of the last games that they played uh, against the Avalanche, they allowed 50 shots on goal. The last game, I think it was 40 shots on goal. I mean, not good games, right? Um, and it's funny because like on X or Twitter or whatever, it's still Twitter to me. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but like, it's like, oh, but they're so much better defensively now. And I'm like, what are we watching the same team? Like I understand, <laughs> I, I I understand the 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 narrative of like, oh well, Eric Carlson's gone, so they're so much better defensively, and it's like they allowed ninety shots in two games. What are you fucking on? Yeah. And, and right. The, and the the worst part is that you've given. Let's see, you had what fifty two against Colorado, another forty uh, against Carolina. You give up thirty six tonight. One stat that I put out in out of all the entire full periods that the Sharks have played this season, mm-hmm. only two, only two have they've had periods where it was less than 10. That was the second period tonight and the second period against Vegas on opening night. Uh, obviously, we don't count Good the year. I mean, yeah, like it's, it's cons- it, a little concerning. It is what it is. Um, but no, I, I thought, you know, overall, though, I thought this was probably one of the better games they played. Um, and I, it, it could be just like, I, it might be just that, you know, they're, they're good. This is a good team to play a team like Boston. I think that they play a little bit similar, except for obviously Boston has much better pieces at their disposal. So I wonder if it was just a situation where I, cause I don't think Boston's the fastest team in the league. And I think maybe that's why the sharks looked like they had a little bit better of a time. Cause I think the other teams we play, like Carolina has the, the jets, right? The avalanche definitely have the, the guys that can part on the afterburners. I don't think Boston's the most fleet of foot team in the league. And maybe that's why this looked like a closer game. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, they, they still lose, and that's, you know, Macklin Celebrini, something, something, draft, something, something. You know, and to me tonight, I thought they, there were times, except for the third period where I think they actually, you know, came on a little bit strong here to try to catch the Bruins. But I, to me, they, they looked like they were a little sluggish or, you know, they're not getting their hustle in. 
Uh, I'm curious to hear what, what Quinn says after the game on that. So mm-hmm. we'll see what's going on there. Um, you know, and and it doesn't help that, you know, some of these miscues are, are self-inflicted. Um, you know, get, getting into the, the recap of tonight, Marshan mm-hmm. was probably the probably the cleanest one out of the three for Boston tonight, you know, and then 21 seconds later, the they called it the Van Riemsdyk rule. I think they originally credited it to Frederick. Um, that one's a little surprising to me. Yeah, I I'm surprised that the Sharks decided not to challenge it because here's the here's the thing and I'll and I'll I, I'm going to I'm going to give you both sides of this argument. You go from the Sharks perspective, I, I I feel like you challenged this, right? Like the there was definitely clearly a stick that pushed um Kakinen's foot over the the line, right? Which I think allowed that goal. And so if, if I'm if I'm David Quinn, I don't like that to me is it is a 50 50 call because here's the argument. If you're a Boston Bruins fan, right, you're going to say, well, Kakinen never has control of that puck. And that is 100 percent true. Like that puck is still loose when they drive the drive the stick into to try and make a play. Right. And I wonder if that's why David Quinn doesn't do it, because. Uh, you know, Kakinen, who I don't think was terrible tonight by any stretch of the imagination, but like rebound control is not his forte. And I find that he does have trouble. Like if, if he, you know, when you can't control a puck, that's that close to you. I think he finds himself in trouble in that more often than not. So I think from, like I said, from the Boston perspective, he, he never has control of the puck and maybe that's what they say. And they go, well, because you know, if I think if Kakinen has that puck and it's, under his pad there's no no one can see it and then they jam that puck in you make that goaltender interference call every time and i wonder if the fact that the puck was loose is why david quinn didn't want to chance it yeah now i still think you do it anyway what's the worst that can happen okay you you give the boston bruins a power play but if you're worried about giving up goals i mean this is a team that you know that's still in place couple cockinen who again was fine but Let's be honest, Kapokakinen's time as a shark, other than a small window when they first acquired him, hasn't really been fantastic. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it's he's it's something that I would have challenged if it was me, but I hope I illustrated why they didn't. And I know Drew mentioned it on the radio broadcast that they thought that the stick that originally pushed Kakinen in was a shark stick. So I may have been, I I mean, it's, it's possible. Uh, But yeah, you, uh, you talk about Kakinen's career in San Jose. He's looked great in losses. And that's the, that's the tough part is getting the goal support for him too. I mean, he stopped 33 of 36 tonight and a 917 save percentage. Looked decent. He was fine. He was fine. He wasn't spectacular. Like he didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't Mackenzie Blackwood-esque right yeah, yeah. It, you know like i don't i don't want to overly beat up on kapo kakin in here because no, i think he, no, he was no. fine tonight i i don't think like i don't think he was bad um i didn't like the first goal the second one it is what it is um and and the third one i mean oh god I mean, what can you do but just kind of shake your head at it, right? So I, I think he was fine tonight. I, I think if you want to look for reasons the Sharks lost, I I don't – I think if you're making a list of the reasons the Sharks lost, I don't think Capo Cockner would be very high on that list for me. Uh, as a guy who generally loves to come on here and roast Capo Cockner, uh, I'm not doing it tonight. He was fine. Yeah. Uh, Jerry F. with the Super Chat as always. Thank you, good friend. Uh, thanks again for the great coverage and giving us a place to vent in what is a challenging season for us sh- as Sharks fans. Yes, of course. Uh, appreciate it. Jesse. Yeah, we, we try. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, uh, I know you, you had a question here. Uh, I'm trying to pull it back up here. Uh, I guess a follow up on the shots. Is there a period this year the Sharks have outshot the enemy heat? Uh, Jesse uh, looked it up themselves i would have said no just based on the 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 lopsided totals of shots that the sharks have faced there's no way and and jesse said look it up myself sharks have not in a single period this season outshot their opponent there have been two times where the 
where they were tied. One of them, and was, I wouldn't even have guessed that. And one of them was which tonight uh, in the second period where they tied up at seven seven. Okay, um, yeah, maybe I would have. Yeah, maybe tonight's game I would have guessed it, but like prior to tonight's game, I I definitely wouldn't have. I would I would have been I would have been like no way the Sharks have been outshot in every period because <laughs> you look at those shock totals and it has to be right. Right. Uh, especially how many, how much they've been hemmed in their own zone uh, on plays uh, for that. So, yeah, two goals in 21 seconds from Marchand and Van Riemsdyk to make it two nothing Boston. Uh, the, this was fairly penalty free until maybe the third period. Mm-hmm. You know, there was only two penalties, like maybe in the first three minutes, uh, and then that Pasternak goal, which you know, just bad luck all around for for the Sharks to make it three nothing. He had some penalties here and there uh, in the third period, including Coyle that got tripped. Uh, and and then uh, I like the rush that they had on the Anthony Duclair goal. Uh, mm-hmm. Duclair it gets his I first thought, goal yeah, as a this Shark. Was, this was Anthony Duclair's best game as a Shark. Um, again, like it's hard because you want to like you don't want to jump to any conclusions, right? Like the the right. Sharks' opening schedule is is a gauntlet like there's there's no other word to describe it they're they are facing some of the best teams in the league right now right i mean carolina's <laughs> not playing like one right now but i still think that you know when it's all said and done they're going to be they're they're going to be comfortably a playoff team um unless their goaltending just doesn't get healthy again which you know if if it's anti ronda going to be starting a bunch of games maybe not but i think when it's all said and done like they're probably comfortably a playoff team all the teams that they faced here boston will be interesting to see what they look like this year but i still think like there's enough you know there's enough guys on that team that have been there done that that i think they're going to be still a tough out for a lot of teams yeah. i don't know how they're going to fare as far as like their division goes because i think i think the east is 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 a nasty, Ugh. nasty, nasty place. It's gonna be. <laughs> there's some really, really, really good teams, and I think there's gonna be, there's gonna be good teams in the East that I think just don't make the playoffs just because there's just not enough space for them. Yeah, I just, it, it's gonna be crazy, and, and there's a lot of, there's a, several people even saying Boston's not gonna make the playoffs, and I, come on now. I mean, oh, I, I, it's... I, I think they, they there is, can I see a world where Boston takes a step back? I can. I mean, they lost some, they lost some pretty big pieces, but, um, again, I think there's going to be some really good teams in the East that are just, that are just going to miss oh. because there's not enough space for them. And, and let alone the, the amount of teams that, that bolt up in the East at the trade deadline. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's just going to be helter skelter again yeah. at the deadline come playoff time. You know, it just seems like that. It's going to be crazy. Uh, so, yeah, pretty much it there. I mean, Duclair with the uh, nice breakout rush, nice feed. Uh, I think it was Hurdle that got the assist. Kudos to Tomas Hurdle. Four yeah, assists. He's, I mean, four he's, games. Uh, he's he's gotten the assist. Hasn't found the back of the net yet himself. But, um, I mean, again, Hurdle. We know Hurdle's fine. Like Hurdle's good, um, and I think he's with Couture out. Obviously, I think he's gonna be asked to continue to do a lot, and it, I'm I'm happy to see that he's still finding the score sheet, even if he's not finding the back of the net himself. Um, but I think you know this will come again. This this current schedule for the Sharks is really tough, and I don't think it's gonna be as bad as it's been all year because eventually, you know, you're gonna play some teams that aren't nearly as as potent as some of these teams that they face so far so i think like i don't know i'm not saying like the sharks are actually good i don't want anyone to come away from this show saying oh ian thinks the sharks are actually good what an idiot um (laughs) that's not what i'm saying but i don't think that they are going to get beaten as handily um as they have in the last few games all season yeah and, and to start the year with Vegas, Pacific Division champion, Colorado, Central Division, uh, uh, Carolina. I, I almost want to say Southeast, but they're they're the Metro. They're in the Metro. Yeah. yeah, and then Boston, the Atlantic. It's just like, wow, 
who, who, that who, southeast who division would be a gauntlet now. Oh my god, right? Remember, <laughs> like the southeast was like the south least. Where like the southeast division. This is why I always like laugh when everyone's like, "Oh god, the one versus eight. Now I'm triggering AJ right now. But it's like, <laughs> and I always have to remind them it was never one versus eight. Like a team got home ice advantage because they won the worst division in hockey and wouldn't have made the playoffs otherwise. Yeah. I think I think the the first couple of years of the Hurricanes were like that, you know, and uh yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> but now it's like Carolina amazing. Tampa has won two cups in this decade and uh, was an, a third final like right. You know. Yeah. Uh, Florida, you know, comes out of Stanley nowhere. Stanley Cup. <laughs> Come on, Winnipeg! What the hell? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, just crazy, you know, to see. So let's go through the. Um, I'll, I'll let me go through some of my notes here. Okay. Uh, on here, and then we'll get to the chat because the chat's blowing up already. For sure. And, and then I also want to touch up on a couple of things as well. Uh, so on this date, which is crazy, there's like multiple uh, anniversaries. Tonight was the 26th anniversary of Marlowe's first NHL goal. Uh, Fuck world. I know. He beat Nikolai Hobby Bulin against the Phoenix Coyotes. Wow. Oof. Uh, in 1991, the Sharks lose four to one as they take on the Boston Bruins for the first time. I think that was in the midst of a 13-game losing streak uh, for that one. Uh, and in 1966, on this date, Bobby Orr makes his NHL debut. Well, there you have it. Yeah, that's that's just crazy on there. So let's hit up the chat, see how it's going on here. Uh, Jim in FLA over under 15 wins this year. You're thinking that's concerns me. 15 wins doesn't seem like a lot, but like I think again, it's hard because like the sharks, like right now it looks like the sharks may never win a game again. <laughs> right. Um, I'd probably take the under there. Cause I think again, you know, it's like, Oh though, is this team a 30 point team? Of course it's not, but you can lose a lot in overtime and like every game ends in a winner and loser. So, um, Oh, I, I I might take the under there and it might again I, it's probably wow. skewed because like I just feel like right now the Sharks may never win a game again oh man and to think you know uh, it was a joke oh they'll be oh for October oh for October and now I'm like could their first win actually be against the Washington Capitals <laughs> yeah I mean I think now they're they're going on the road if I'm correct so, you know, they were, they were last year, and again, the, the, this doesn't mean anything in, in the grand scheme of things, but I think last year they were, they obviously they were a better road team. I think most of their wins were on the road last year. So maybe, maybe yeah. getting on the road will be nice for them. I think, you know, it gives guys a chance to bond. I think the one thing with this team that we have to remember is there's a lot of new faces on this team. And I wonder if getting on the road, you know, forces more guys to bond and kind of get together They're, You know, I think you're seeing the sharks making a lot of moves, which we're going to get to in a second. Um, so obviously I think we're, we're starting to get an idea as guys get healthy, guys get back in the lineup, guys get sent down. We're starting to get a better feel for what this team actually looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think as people get more comfortable in the roles like that, they're probably here to stay for a while at least. Right. Um, I wonder if, you know, that additional time to bond, the additional practice time or whatever, like I wonder if that, you know, maybe maybe some maybe a road trip is exactly what the doctor ordered right now. Right. And the and the team usually loves going on the road early this year. This is a rare, you know, uh rare four game homestand to begin the year. They've usually had one or two or just started out on the road. So mm -hmm. we're doing that. Uh, one thing that's popping up on the post game is that the Sharks are now the only winless team in the NHL. Again, <laughs> strength of schedule. I, I, I'm not, I don't know why, like, are we, uh, no one should be surprised by that. No, it, it shouldn't. 
It shouldn't. Like, oh, oh no. I mean, I again, right? Like, I'm not here. I'm not going to come on here and be like, the Sharks lost. This is the best thing ever, right? But, like, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm shocked, too, when I look at the teams they played that they're, you know, that they're 0-4 or whatever their actual, you know, thing is, because I know they went to overtime or whatever. But Right. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I, am I surprised they're the only winless team in the NHL? No, of course not. This team is cobbled together with duct tape. It's It's got... You know, it, it's it hasn't really gelled yet because again the lines are constantly changing because they're trying to figure out something. I, I don't know. I mean, like this is this is what I expected. I I was definitely on team oh for, for October. Right. Um. Yeah. None of this really surprises me. I'm not upset by it. Um. I think. You know, again, look at it. Like, I think the Sharks played a pretty good game tonight. I think for the most part, most of the games I've watched this year have at least been entertaining. Uh, they have. I mean, they've they got out to an early lead against uh, Vegas. I thought they played well against Vegas until they had those. Two I, goals I think in the they've last been entertaining. Minutes. Like, I, I, the the. The Carolina game kind of sucked with the way how that one kind of went off the rails. But up until that point, it was fine. I think, you know, the Avalanche game, I mean, yeah, they were getting outshot. But like Mackenzie Blackwood gave us all something to talk about, which was, you know, which is a nice change of pace for the Sharks because Sharks goaltending last year was never gave you anything to talk about or gave you things to talk about for all the wrong reasons. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think that they've been like some of the most of these games have been for the most part entertaining which yep. i think is is important if they're going to be a team that's not going to win many games like i still want to be entertained like we have to do this show I, we don't have to no one puts a gun to my head or anything but you know what i mean like easy it, for you to say <laughs> <laughs> um but like i i want to be entertained and and so far for the most part i have been yeah so I, that's I, that's that's a positive i guess yeah, I mean they were up one nothing on Vegas until and then you had the the collapse of the last two minutes with Vegas being Vegas. You had mm-hmm. Blackwood ninety seconds away from an unbelievable shutout against one of the yeah. best offensive teams in the NHL. You were up three two against Carolina going into the third period when then you just you know yeah fell I mean apart. honestly that that kind of sucked like that was that was pretty crappy and. I, you know, and I question because of, again, the, the shot totals and everything else and just some of the goals. It's like, I don't think the Sharks particularly deserve to be in that game at any point, to be completely honest with you. But, yeah. you know, they were in it. You know, I was entertained. Yeah, no, I completely agree on that. Um, going through some of the comments here, Bordelow is going to be good. Some are saying Bordelow will be small. Uh, there's some chatter now. You know, that maybe David Quinn is not the guy for this team anymore. And I'm like, how, why are we getting into this four games in? I mean, if you're what, what are thing. you looking okay. for? So so here's here's the problem, right? And this is the problem I have just with the, with hockey fandom in general. One. Firing the coach isn't going to change anything. I don't know what I, I like if you are pro we need to fire David Quinn right now. I need to know why I, I need your, I need your justification for it because I think that one, there's no expectations of this team Two, if your team play the kids, the kids have played, you know, mm-hmm. like again, okay. I know people are upset. Henry Thrun went down. I'm a little disappointed. Henry Thrun got sent down too, but you got guys coming back in the lineup that are healthy Henry Thrun doesn't have to clear waivers. And look at, do I think that losing Alex Burroughs to waivers would be the end of the world? No, but Alex. NHL GMs don't think like we do. <laughs> right? Um, I, I just, I don't know what you're hoping to accomplish by, by firing David Quinn and bringing in another coach. Like, do you want to be the Buffalo Sabres who just never get out of the rebuild and bring in a new coach every year and just never make any forward progress like this is still the steps back like the sharks team isn't looking for steps forward it's still taking steps back unfortunately that's the reality of the situation you don't have to like it it's fine but so i don't know what 
you expect to gain. Like, I don't want to be Buffalo. I don't want to be perpetually bad changing coach every year. You know, like Jack Eichel had like 17 different coaches before getting right. ready to, to vet. Do you want that? No. Like I, I, and you, you, you look at, I'll use a, uh, a uh, 49ers story where Alex Smith was this gifted number one overall pick quarterback. And he went through like a gajillion coordinators and a boatload of head coaches in his time in San Francisco, you know, it's going to throw, it's going to throw everything off. And, and I know people, I know some people are like chaos, but you know, we need to calm it down a little bit, you know, a bit. AJ, I like yeah. his little analogy here. Go yeah, ahead, go, go ahead, and then I, I want to get to another comment, too. Okay, uh, firing Quinn is like firing Wolfgang Puck for making you a meal with rotten groceries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Jesse L in the chat, like, makes up, like, it doesn't make up. He brings up a very great point, right? It's And it's that, like, he can't, like... Right. So if Mike Greer fires David Quinn right now, like, how does that establish any faith in what Mike Greer's doing? Like we have to like look at there's there's gonna be pain and it's gonna be very bad. But we have to let it play out. We have a to let the here. pain happen. We have to have some patience and let the pain kind of play out and then go, look at is David Quinn gonna be the head coach of this team when this team is good again? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. Most coaches that are brought in for the rebuild don't survive the rebuild. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. But I think that Firing David Quinn now would be a mistake because it's one, you're not going to fix anything. And two, you can't build anything if you're constantly throwing out pieces. Yeah. Just re- like the, the Sharks, what the Sharks need right now is stability. They need stability and we need to kind of let this play out a little bit. We need to see... If Mike Greer's plan, you know, like what's Mike Greer going to do when things go a little topsy-turvy, right? There's there's a plan in place. We it's hope. Not, it's, it's, not, it's not rebuilding. It's not, oh, we're not using the R word. We're not retooling. You know, I, I mean, let's be real here. There's finally a plan in place. There's a plan in place to get these guys to slowly but surely... You know, get these kids developed. Hopefully, developed the right way. None of these. Sure. Right. Let's let's make th- let's have third liners. You know, develop third liners like crazy because we're over. You know, teaching the 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 defensive side of the system. You know, it's just got to be. It's got to be interesting. You know, it's going to take time. And, it, and yeah, it's going to take time. This is this is the. I think when you look at the way the Sharks have come into this season. And, and again, right? Like the, the schedule sucks. This is the most right. banged up I've ever seen the Sharks start a season. I don't remember a season in recent memory where the Sharks were this broken coming into the season. And, and that's the big thing. You know, Couture's hurt. Granlin's hurt. Although uh, I think, AJ, you tweeted this out earlier on our on our Twitter. Granlin's going to go on the road trip. Couture is not. So you hope you hope for something there. But you had Sturm take a shot, you know, had friendly fire. You had, and that was from Vlasic, who's already hurt. You had, you saw Ruda, who took a scary puck to the head. He, Logan Couture hasn't taken a shift yet. Yeah, you know, and so, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of injuries already, and it's concerning. Yeah, this is the most banged up I, I think I've ever seen this team start a season yeah um so yeah look at the reality is though is it comes back to one thing stability and firing david quinn for i don't know what we're firing again like i need to hear like a legitimate reason why people think david quinn should be fired right now because like because as of right now it's like we're gonna fire david quinn because the team is bad we know the team is bad we knew the team was bad coming into the season like no one the expectations for the sharks have never been lower other than maybe like their first year, right, <laughs> or their second, you know, or their second, which was also a oh god, rough year. just just remember, folks, eleven seventy one and two was what the Sharks were their second year, and they still didn't get the first overall pick. And then the following year, and maybe I'm going to be too crazy to give some hope. They started oh eight and one. 
Yeah. And, and then, you know, became a crossbar away from going to the Western Conference Western Final Conference that year. Final, which is wild. No, out of nowhere. But they're, they're still working things out. I, I, and, you know, like Dirk Sink says, you know, how do you replace a 101-point defenseman? You don't. You can't, I, right? And like that's the thing, right? Like the, this team this team got worse over the summer. This team was bad last year and it got worse. Like, uh, I think the, yeah, the Duclair goal is five on five, right? So, the, so the Sharks, uh, yeah, this game. So the Duclair goal was, a, was five on five. So four five on five goals in, th- in four games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Like I, I again, like I, I, I just, I don't understand again. Like the, I, I get it, right? Like losing sucks. I, 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 I understand. Like, but it's like, I don't know. I, I just think sometimes like people get upset, right? And then like also like young players get in the lineup, right? Like I, you know, um, some people are happy to see Henry Thrun go because like he wasn't. I don't. And look at. I don't think he played perfect, but um, I thought he was fine. Like he was learning. He's he's learning the NHL on the job right like the making the jump from college to pro and i said this yesterday uh, on ttg for anyone who missed it me and kevin had an awesome conversation about the barracuda but i said this yesterday too like like i think defense is one of the hardest positions to make the jump and play in the nhl i, I think playing a forward's probably easy goaltending's probably up there too but i think right. coming in and playing like meaningful minutes as an nhl defenseman just turning pro that's that's hard man like that's that that's that's a big ask and do i think henry thrun was like perfect and you know there was no flaws in his game of course not no but again like if you you want to play the kids guess what the kids are going to make mistakes sometimes you know they're not going to play something the way that a you know a kyle burrows or you know name your 18 seventh defenseman that the sharks deploy on a nightly basis you know maybe they don't make that same mistake but that's how you learn right right and I, so I just, it, oh, it frustrates me too. It's like, play the kids. Oh, but if the kids don't play perfect hockey, send their ass back to the Barracuda and I never want to see them again. <laughs> and everything's awful. I, I think everybody wants that that quick turnaround, which unfortunately the Sharks have themselves to blame for for having it happen in 94 mm-hmm. and in 04 and, and in 2016. Where there was like a kind of a development change, and it always came back to one of their best years. Yeah, and this isn't happening. There, this is a full teardown. This isn't a retool like we've seen in the past. So it's it's tough uh, mm-hmm. to take. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, oh, I'm asking in the chat, how many games per season was he playing before the NHL schedule? I think what college players play like 50 games a year. Um, yeah, but here's think, the difference, right? It's not just, it's not just the number of games you play. It's the speed of the game. That's the, that's, that's the big difference. Like there's a jump, like when you ter- go from college to the AHL, there's, there's a noticeable speed difference. And when you skip the AHL and go right to the NHL, that's a, that's a jump. Right. So we'll, we'll transition over to this right now. So Henry Thrun goes. I got to. No, no, I'm fighting. I'm, I'm fighting someone chat right now. Okay. So Uh-oh. Eric Carlson was a, was a, was a hundred point demon with a minus 26 man. Plus minus is the worst fucking stat in this league. Like you guys trot out this minus 26. Like it's the biggest thing. Most of those ramping net goals for one. Um, so there's no goalie in that, but those still count as a minus. And two, again, like if you're going to tell me this team is better defensively, Explain these shot totals to me. You can't because there's no fucking logical thing that you could possibly say that's going to make me think that this is a better defensive team because it has stay-at-home, sturdy, useless seventh defenseman. Give me a fucking break. Get out of here with that garbage. Out. Because you know what Eric Carlson does? Eric Carlson moves the puck the other way so that you're not getting 50 shots a night on your goal because you don't have any defensemen that can get the puck out of your zone that can make that can carry the puck or make a good first pass apparently and you end up just blocking shots all night. I mean, yeah, look at if you love block shots, this is the Sharks decor for you. And they're going to do it all the fucking time. Because again, they can't move the puck the other way. And that's like this is why it always drives me crazy and I'll get off this in a second. But this is and then Sharky, but I don't I don't mean to pick on you specifically. I just this sentiment 
is just kind of driving me a little fucking crazy, right? The modern NHL defenseman, like the stay-at-home defenseman isn't a thing anymore. Do you know why? Because to be an NHL defenseman now, you need to be able to put the puck and move it the other way. You need to at least, at the very least, be a two-way defenseman to be a successful defenseman in this league today. The game has fucking changed. Period. You guys made him angry. Yes. <laughs> game four, he's already mad. I love it. I, I'm, not like, I'm not even mad at the game. That's the worst part. No. Okay, no, let's get I'm down bad. to the, the stuff today. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's begin with what happened. Well, I guess Thrun was what yesterday. What didn't happen or what happened? Well, Thrun went down, and we kind of already touched up on that. So that's, uh, I, I, to me, for the CUDA... Mm-hmm. Thrun down there, and if and we'll we'll spoiler alert Shimmick, you know, yep. gets down there. Decor for the for the Cuda could be something, you know, in the AHL. So I'm I'm hoping for that. But again, development for Thrun it would be huge. And oh, again, yeah, more look, playing Thrun's time. Thrun's gonna go down to the AHL, and he's gonna get played in every situation possible. He's he's gonna get a ton of minutes in the AHL. Like, I'm not upset that like again Thrun like I I could see an argument for keeping him in the NHL. I would have liked to have seen him stay in the NHL and kind of just work through it. And then if you think like, you know, if his confidence is getting completely smashed, but I don't, I, when I'm looking at a lot of these players that are getting sent down to the Barracuda, this Barracuda team might surprise some people. Like I didn't, I don't know what to make of them yet. And we did again, uh, if you want some more hardcore Barracuda talk, we did a show last night, me and Kevin Lacey, um, where we talked about pretty much everybody on, on the Barracuda at one point. So go <laughs> I think you went through the whole out. roster. <laughs> yeah, we really did. We kind of went through the whole roster. Um, and I, I don't know what to make of this team yet, but at, like, at first I was kind of like, whatever, this team's going to be bad. But I'm not so sure about that anymore. Like when you look at some of the players that they're getting, like, yeah, okay, like I don't think Radim Shimmick has had the best of luck in the NHL. And I think injuries have really hurt him and right. really diminished his value in the organization. But if Shimmick can stay healthy on an AHL squad, like he's a guy who could do really well down there. Oscar Lindblom is a guy down there who should do really good things down there, right? Um, again, now the Barracuda are pretty banged up as well. Um, they're missing Tristan Robbins right now. And I think that has kind of hurt their, their offensive punch. But if you, you add like a Radim Shimmick and, you know, and, and I think Henry Thrun going down there and getting opportunity to just play in every opportunity and be a big part of that team. Like that's, that's, these are good things. Um, and as a guy who watches a lot of Barracuda games, selfishly, I need one of these teams to be fun. <laughs> and if it's the Barracuda, we'll take so it. Be it. I mean, we'll take ideally it. the Barracuda should be more fun because as the rebuild progresses, like the AHL team should be should at least be competitive at some point. Right. And I think that if the Barracuda aren't good this year, I think that's going to scare a lot of people. But I want to remind people that like the Barracuda this year are still missing some really big pieces of this rebuild so far. Right. Like Will Smith still playing college. Philip Beestead's over in Europe. Um, Havlid can't play for the Barracuda until he's like 24 because of the SHL, um, NHL transfer agreement. Um, and people say like the junior agreement's bad. Um, <laughs> so like there's, there's definitely pieces that are not playing yet. Um, that, you know, that would make this team a lot punchier. So I, I, I don't want people to panic if the Barracuda aren't amazing this year. Because I think that they're still missing like the the pieces that are going to be the guys that we're talking about coming out of the rebuild about being the next wave, the the next guys, you know, the next Couture's hurdles, jumbos, whatever. Like right. those guys aren't there yet. And that's fine. Yeah. All right. He, he... <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to just, you know, soak it all in there. I was like, Wow. Oh man, uh, you know, just trying to go through the chat as that, as you were talking, that uh, Ricky mentioning that SHL agreement is new, Ian, and everyone hates it. Uh, you know, uh, Big Bird. So Jilly used to watch Worcester every game. Uh, yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That that, that would have been tough too. All right. Kind of going through some of them. You kind of touched up on Ryan's comment. It was like, who can be the number one center on this team or top two defensemen on there? So we'll, we'll move on there. Ricky Singh. Are we ever going to see Emerson? Uh, haven't heard anything about. See, that Emerson's yet. an interesting guy because I think like you claimed him, and I think there's a concern where, again, he's a guy where I think he would, you know, he he's 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 done really well in the AHL. I think he was defenseman of the year last year, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Like, so he's, he's a guy who I think would also help the Barracuda ton, but I want, you know, he's, he's a guy that's kind of lost their, I think they don't want to send him down, but they don't know where he fits on the sharks either. So I think it's like, it's one of those, he's in that weird limbo spot where it's like, well, if we put him on waivers, someone will probably claim him, but I don't know if I want to put him in the lineup yet. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it's it it plays out when a guy like because uh, I think Hoichi uh, will be a guy who's on, on a conditioning assignment. I mm-hmm. can't imagine him being in the NHL once that conditioning assignment's over. I think he'll eventually be sent down too. Um, so I, I'm curious to see where Emerson fits. I think it's like I said. I think it's a situation where you're concerned that he's going to be you know he's going to get claimed on waivers but you haven't found a pair that you like him on in practice i don't know yeah and again more help for the coup day the better in how i see it so um so let's we talk about shimmick going down you know but um let's talk about the guy who who didn't get waived today Mm -hmm. um that was a crazy little 30 minutes of chaos that, that went through the Twitter sphere. Uh, that was fun because like, honestly, like I very rarely go on social media when like, it's not a, a game's happening and I find like, I'm so much happier for it. But this is a situation where it's like, Oh, I just happened to pick up my phone and I see, and I see that like Kevin Levick apparently is being put on waivers, which I thought was weird because yesterday the talk was he was going to play tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel I feel bad for for Cerevalli here because I think Cerevalli is generally he, I, I mean, this guy has definitely broken news before. Right. Like, I think he's one of the guys who I think is pretty trustworthy. Maybe maybe someone else give me examples where where he hasn't exactly gotten it right. But I think sometimes like when you're in a situation like this, you know, um, you're you're subject to your sources. Right. And sometimes your sources burn you. And I think, you know, unfortunately for him. You know, I think a source burned him, unfortunately. And I think it's, you know, we'll have our fun with it for the next couple of things. But I still think Sarah always a, a good follow. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, didn't he, like, spoiler alert the entire Seattle Kraken expansion list? Uh, he might have. I mean, or was it somebody else? You know, I, 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 I just wonder if, like... And also, but, you know, I think, wasn't it Valley? Like, I wonder if the Sharks kind of just screwed with him a little bit. Because, like, he was also the one that broke. Wasn't he the one that also broke the Barracuda being sent out to fight? Um, I want to say yes. I, I can't confirm that, though. That does that. That does sound like that was Cervalli, yeah, and even Logan Teals was 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 saying, you know, uh, Cervalli wasn't burned if my wild theory was true. Yeah, I actually have that saved for what what Kevin's talking about. I have a wild theory. Do you think the Sharks planted the LeBanc waiver rumor to distract everyone from Shimmick going on waivers? Even though, why would anyone claim Shimmick? Yeah, I mean, I feel bad. Look, look at Redding Shimmick has had a really shit go of it with injuries um i don't mind radium shimmick i think he's fine i just think the sharks have a lot of that guy right now right and and not the least of which he's had some concussion issues over the last year or so he had that knee injury a couple years ago uh yeah it's 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 a a tough luck man yeah uh nothing against this play because i think he's been pretty good when he's been on it but it's been a while since he's been on it and be healthy uh for that um aj was saying uh the sharks are averaging one and a half goals per game and one goal per game at five on five that's not a recipe to which jerry f beat me to it and (laughs) said aj 
That is a whole new way to look at two or fewer. Oh, God. No, stop, stop, stop. Don't. (laughs) Hey. Hey, come on now. We nope. could we could talk about that. I, I'm having none. I'm having none of it. I I love me some Brody, but you know he's he's very busy talking about Las Vegas, and I feel for the guy. He's he's the pre and post game host. And I'm stealing your thunder, AJ, from from our Twitter DMs. He's the pre and post game host of the worst team in NA, in the NHL and the worst team in baseball. I mean that poor guy. Love yeah. you, Brody. I sure, I feel sure. for you. They all make choices. Not all of them good. <laughs> uh, uh, I could have picked. I've, I I could have picked any other new team. And, and any you. other new team, but no, I picked the first one that happened. And, and I'm grateful for and that. Other than the Senators, they've all won cups. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Um, so it's true. I could have picked Ottawa, and that would be worse. Yeah. But that's but they, it. But they made a cup final. Um, but yeah. they didn't win. So did the Sharks. They didn't win. Well, yeah, but they they, they got close too. I th- okay. I, I want to say, wait, now you got me thinking here. Are Ottawa and San Jose out of the 90s expansion, not counting uh, Nashville and beyond? Are, right. are those? Yeah. Out of those? The only teams that have cups. So the Ducks have a cup. The Ducks have a cup. No, the Florida Panthers don't have a cup either. But they've been to multiple cups. Only Ottawa. Ottawa and San Jose have only been to one. Yes. Yeah. So Ottawa, Florida, but yeah, I mean, not great. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Ricky wants to a- ask us, can you guys talk about Mike Hoffman? I really want to know if I'm alone in thinking this guy is totally washed. I think Hoffman is a, is a accessory piece. He's not the guy. So I think when you look at, I, I think partially is washed um but i think he's also a guy who he needs he needs the help like i think he's a guy that will benefit greatly from a guy like logan couture being back in the lineup yeah i think when you look at kind of the lines he's skating with right now like i don't know what he's supposed to do with luke cunning as his center and to have uh, basically a line blender going on because of everything going going on with Couture being out and not enough offense going, you know, uh, it's it's going to be a mix. That's yeah, like answer. he he's he needs he needs to be like he he's not the guy who's going to drive the line. I think he's a he's a good accessory if you have like a decent players, but I just I don't think that he's been very good. Um, but I didn't have a lot of high expectations for him coming in. Like I didn't, I had a lot higher expectations for Anthony Duclair, who I thought had a really good game tonight, but up until now, and again, these games are so lopsided that, right. (laughs) Right. Hot wheels. Oh boy. Hoffman hasn't done anything notable, notable since bullying EK 65. Oh God. (laughs) Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. So with that, let's not, I, get, uh, let's not get sued for that. Um, but back back to Kevin LeBanc for a second, though. Yes. I was kind of surprised that. Um, look at. I think if the Sharks, I don't think obviously like they say there was never any plans to put Kevin LeBanc on waivers, and I think like again, that would be really bad because I think if you're a team, especially a team that's in the cellar and has a little bit of cap space, or even a team like who has cap space. Um, but has bigger aspirations, like maybe the Buffalo Sabres, right? Um, I think like if a guy like Kevin LeBanc goes on the goes on uh, onto waivers, like I I roll the dice, man. I roll the dice that a change yeah. of scenery rejuvenates his game, and then if he if if it does turn around, you have another piece you can flip at the deadline. So if you're a team like Anaheim, for example, right? Cap space, not expected to do much. Kevin LeBanc would be a nice little piece that you could add there that could maybe reclimate his value. Um, and, and then maybe you flip him for something at the deadline. And if you can't move him at the deadline, you walk him to free agency. Who cares? Yeah. You you hope you hope you can get something for him, but Well, I I think the Sharks, like the the Sharks haven't 
I mean, here, here's the thing. What I, I would have moved on from LeBanc the second there was a hint that he was moving towards David Quinn's doghouse. Yeah. Like that's, I would have moved him then and there before, because you want to make you for a guy like Kevin LeBanc, right. Who's again, three coaches now. So I don't want to say like, I like Kevin LeBanc, but when you end up in the same place with three different coaches, there's, you know, you probably have to look yourself in the mirror a little bit there, but I think the sharks allowing that to play out and putting him and having him be a guy like that is just such a depressed asset at this point for them. Now tonight, um, you know, to his credit, I think Shang pointed this out that, you know, when the sharks were looking for the goal and they had the extra attacker on Kevin LeBanc was the extra attacker. That's a, that's a good sign for Kevin LeBanc trying to stay in the lineup. But to me, I think this is an asset that the sharks probably should have moved on from sooner. Um, you know, and I think all they can do now is hope that he can stay out of David Quinn's doghouse this season. And, you know, and maybe you can flip him at the deadline for something, although that cap hit, that's, that's going to be a tough sell, but you know, We'll see what happens. And, and I highly doubt that they want to use their last retention spot on that, even though it expires after this year. Well, it expires after the year. Who gives a shit? Right. It expires July 1st. Who cares? So. Unless um, you think you're going to make a deal at the draft. But, I mean, tell me your last big blockbuster trade at the, da- at, the at the draft. Like that's the whole reason they're talking about like decentralizing it because the they're the the big trades don't really happen anymore. And then, you know, NGMs are whiny bitches and they're like, July first is in a couple of days and I gotta be home because, you know, I've never talked to any of these players before noon on July first. And <laughs> after, you know, we submit like this isn't my joke, this is one thirty two thoughts, but like yes, you know, no, totally as you submit it. like, you know, this trade with like, you know, multiple different years of payment and different bonus structures and everything else right no we, we we did that in two seconds it was fine these guys never talked to anyone before before noon on july 1st <laughs> uh yeah no uh it's the the prime example would be yelled bell for you know he was a shark oh i want to stay a shark and then like one minute into free agency he was a dallas star so right yeah 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 no the the, the there's no way that deal was talked about not at all um I don't know. Like, what do you think about decentralizing the draft? I, I don't really, I don't really care one way or another. Like, I think as long as it goes, like, I think if you're looking to like, if you, if you want to kill some time, like maybe, maybe the entire city of San Jose doesn't have to go to the podium when the sharks make a pick, but like maybe, you know, and if maybe we don't have to like shout out, like shout out our, all our fans that are at our our draft party, Joe's diner watching (laughs) our, draft party you know and everyone doesn't have to jerk off the stanley cup champion i think there's there's ways you could speed that along but at the end of the day like it's 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 a made for tv event right you have guys like the interviews are still gonna happen so i don't know man i i I don't know to, to me uh to me i don't see anything wrong with it you know it it, okay they're on they're on the floor cool maybe Mm. maybe just you know there might be some moves on the floor. So big way. I think the biggest move, what, that we've seen in the last decade has been Corey Schneider to New Jersey for the number nine pick. Dude, I mean, the, how long ago I, was that? Uh, what, 10 years ago? Or the Jordan Stahl trade from Carolina? Like yeah. But, but, but I mean, big trades, like, it, it, it hasn't. It hasn't been the. I, like, I think it's fine for draft geeks like, like me, but, like, it's not. But I don't think it's been like must like there was a time where it, like, you know, a lot of stuff like trades would generally go down. But again, like until this cap starts doing something that, you know, I think the cap going up, like the cap actually moving up will right. actually help some of these things happen again. Um, I don't think the flat caps helped anything. I don't know. I like the way they do the draft. I think it works fine. I don't, yeah. I don't think they need to change it. Um, I, someone asked in the chat what I think about the draft. The draft lottery is fine. I think that you don't no. want to. um you want to try and discourage tanking a little bit. Um, I mean, teams are going to do it whether you like it or not. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with like, you know, teams not being historically terrible and, and being guaranteed the, the best odds. I, I like the lottery aspect of it. I think it, 
you know, I, I, I think it's fine. I, I think if you think it's rigged, then that's, you know, that's on you. I don't, I mean, it's, it's not, um, they bring in like, if you ever actually look into it, like there, there, there's a completely separate firm that comes in and does the lottery balls. Like, it's not like Gary Bettman's are going, um, I want this numbers. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you, if you think it's rigged, all the power to you. Um, uh, but the, but my, my whole thing is, my whole thing is, is make it a festival, make it like you have a fanfare, like you do at the all-star game. That'd be fun to have showcase these guys, uh, a whole lot more because yeah, I, mean, I just think the drafts for geeks, man. The, the, and, the, I, and I say that lovingly, like, no, of I, course. I'm a guy who does a, a four and a half hour live stream, uh, the last two drafts. So, I mean, I am clearly the target audience, but <laughs> the drafts for geeks. But I mean, my my whole thing is make it a party and everything about it, especially day two. I mean, but my day two is great because it just fucking flies. Don't change day two. Day two no, is amazing. No, I'm just saying you add some sort of festival to it or something to to get it going. But my my whole thing, if you decentralize the draft, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're gonna have the you know the entire city of San Jose. I'm fine with that because you know what? Everybody that talks about oh, you should do it like the NFL and the NBA. What's the picture that the draft is taking with? Yeah, like you're I don't, taking I don't with think Gary that, like, Bettman. It's the one thing I agree, like it's the one thing that the NHL does that's that's kind of unique, and I don't think that they should trade it. I don't see. I'm the wrong person to ask because I am not. I don't watch other sports. I am strictly a hockey guy who watches a little across when I could find the time. Right. It, it, so, it, like to me, like I don't. I can't speak to the NBA draft or the NFL draft or how it works or how good of television it is. Um, but from people that do, it seems like they appreciate that the NHL is different than those sports. Right. So, all right. On that note, I think we should uh, wrap it up. Yeah, we went super long. Oh, yeah. And, and, and guess what? We're, we're going to be back together on Saturday. So it's going to be fun. That's true. We are going to be back together when shark- I do triple duty. Triple duty? Oh, boy. Oh, Sharks Barracuda are playing at the same time, I think. Oh, wonderful. This will be great. So there. I'd have to check. Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe my... Pull- I think AHL TV tells me games in my time, and I'd have to look. Pull it up. Um, I, that'd be interesting, because I know they're in Henderson uh, this weekend. Let so, me take a look. So while you I think, do that, I think it's because like our rundown for things has it in Pacific time, and I think gotcha. HLTV tells me in my time. So let me you look it up and, and I will say in case you missed anything or don't want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple, Google, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Tune, iHeart, Odyssey. And of course, if you're on the YouTube right now, I see 19 likes. Let's get that over 20 people. There we hit go. Hit that subscribe button and yeah, hit that Yeah, they play at the same time because they play at 10 my time, so that's 7 Pacific. Okay. Oh, so you're going to be on the air and, and then the Barracuda are going to like score four goals and and then I'll have to break out my Nolenberger impression. So... Ah, so with that, Ian, I, 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 I'm, I'm, Oh no, Saturday's Saturday. Yeah. Saturday is, is 4 PM. Yeah, we're good. So Saturday's four. So Saturday yeah. I will watch the Barracuda first. And then, yeah, I was looking at Friday's game, which I'm definitely not gonna be able to watch cause I'll be sleeping. Sleeping, sleeping. Ian, I have to work at 7 AM. Ian, <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm not staying up until one o'clock in the morning to watch a hockey game. We cannot sleep until we have a bye week. Come on. Oh fuck. <laughs> you don't want me to see me with no sleep. It's bad. It's bad, bad, bad. I, I think he's run out of things to say. So I'm gonna say for Ian Reed, I am Eric Kura. You can catch us at our Twitter and Instagram handles down below. We'll be back with you following Sharks and Predators as a five PM start time uh will will the sharks like it and love it and want some more of it we'll see but until then the sharks will hit the road ah you want to take any guesses as how many how many points they'll get three he says all right zero oh is that all (laughs) with that thanks for watching appreciate each and every one of you uh 
take a look at TTG from last night. Also, I had yeah. a quick interview with uh, Randy Hahn, uh, touching up on a number of subjects. So hit us up on all of our YouTube coverage and on our podcast, Audio Work. So until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you Saturday following Sharks and Predators. Good night, everyone.